0: Hello fellow time travelers, Tony Witt here. If you want to skip directly to the book discussion, uh, you may want to start at 1330 because we spend the first 12 minutes or so of the podcast talking about the casting of Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor, and we also talk about some changes to the podcast, including our new Patreon page, so you should listen to that because we could really use your support. We would also like to dedicate this episode to the memory of Deborah Watling, who died this week at the age of 69. She played the second Doctor's companion, Victoria Waterfield, and so we would like this episode to be in her honor. As always, enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Target Book Club, the podcast in which we undertake the Scheherazadean task of discussing, in story order, all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I know Scheherazadean doesn't actually mean big, but what the hell? Hmm. It is for tonight.
1: It's a lot of letters and it's kind of hard to say, Exactly. there
0: you go. Exactly. My name is Tony Witt, and today we have an equally big three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me, there's also our intermediate-level casual fan who's seen several episodes but has not previously read any of the books until these podcast, and this time it's none other than the worthy Dalton Hughes. Hello, Dalton. Hello. I'm back. He's it's back. Me. He's Hi. back, and it's about Hi. time. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have our novice fan, one who has seen little to none of the original series and has not previously read any of the books, and this time around we have the... Welcome, return of the wonderful and glammy, gl- <laughs> the wonderful and glamorous, damn it, the wonderful and glamorous. I'm so excited she's here, I can't say it. <laughs> Jenny Ingersoll. Hello, I don't Jenny. Know,
2: hi, I don't know what glammy is, but I like it. Uh, <laughs> I am know nothing about anything and I have opinion about all of it. There you but, go. Uh, <laughs> opinion, just singular though. One, one opinion. <laughs> one opinion. I have opinion. Which opinions. makes you wonderful and glammy. 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 I like, I like glammy. it. Glammy. Oh, yeah. Lord.
0: Before we get to talking about the book, let's briefly address a few major changes both for this podcast and the show around which it revolves. The bad news is that I have decided to suspend the book giveaways for a number of reasons. One, I found that we were basically bribing people to listen to the show even though they were likely listening already.
2: I mean was it working? Well it did a couple times but (laughs) we were trying to get
0: them to comment and the ones that were going to comment anyway did. And they were the ones most likely to watch, uh, listen to the show anyway. Okay. The problem is we were bribing them with stuff that they already okay. had. Okay.
2: Okay. I see.
0: The yeah. last two people I tried to give free Target books to already had them. Hmm. And said, please give them to whoever is next on the list. And I was like, but there isn't anyone next to that on the list. You were the only person to comment in the last two weeks. So I decided, okay, that's probably not good. Ah, and, of course, most of the people committed enough to listening to our show and commenting on our pages are doing so already, so there we are. The good news is that the giveaways aren't going away entirely. They will now be a part of our new Patreon page. hoo. While I admit that I love doing this show, it's also been kind of difficult doing it out of pocket for the last six months on my own, and it would be great to have some help shoulder in the burden. That and it's kept me from having all the episodes up on Podbean at one time. Some of you may have noticed that Podbean only has one of our episodes at a time if I remember to put it up there, and it's because their subscription model is ridiculous. Mm. But now we have Patreon, Whew. and it is at deep breath patreon.com forward slash dw target bc. That's dw target bc, and depending on the amount you give each month. You'll receive a randomly chosen BBC book, not a Target book, since we know that you all have those, as a gift for supporting us, just to say thank you for being willing to st- help us stay on the virtual air. And please check out the page when you can. After writing these notes, I got our first uh, patron. Our first patron is Bart Lammy. Oh, nice! Yes, so thank you, Bar. Thank you, Bart. Thanks, and Bart! one of the things, and I didn't actually tell either of you we were going to be doing this, is that if we get patrons, we will sign a thank you card for them. So we have a thank you card here for Bart, which we will sign. I'm never
2: going to sign it. That's J.K. Too, that's um, too much. How
1: dare you? You didn't clear this. I'm um, going to bring my washi tape. I need in. my lawyer. It.
2: Now. No, of course. Well, see, yes I just need you to sign uh, it once. Can I can include then? an it's... awkward uh, child photograph? Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: of course Personalize you can. Of course it. you can. Well, you never know, but Bart has children of his own, so I'm sure he'd probably appreciate that. So, that Bart was the fan that I had that long conversation with last month on Facebook. So, thank you, Bart. That's Thanks, brilliant. Bart. You were our first patron, yeah. yeah. and I will be in touch with you after the uh, first of the month to ask you about which book you want as soon as we know that your uh, <clears throat> card clears. Alright, the other <laughs> bit of good news. <laughs> I'm serious. Patreon doesn't actually build them until It's the not your time. fault. But, yeah. No responsibility for No, that. no, not at all. So thank you, Bart. Hopefully you will be followed by many Patre- patrons or Patreons. What do we call Everyone
1: them? Everyone be so Patreonic.
0: Oh, <laughs> We have strawberries here. I'm about to wing one across the table at Dalton Hughes. And there it goes. <whistles> I'll put a comical sound effect in there in a minute. The other bit of good news this week is the announcement that Jodie Whittaker, no relation to today's author, David Whittaker, that I know of, will be the first woman to play Doctor Who in the series history. Before we turn to today's book, which I know will generate a huge amount of discussion concerning gender politics, maybe not as much now that Allison isn't with us tonight, we will miss her dearly, but we've still got, you know,
2: What's
0: are all... about it yeah oh yeah oh god are we ever <laughs> so what do we think of the news jenny
2: we're gonna start with you not because of your gender but because you're a novice fan <laughs> um yeah by rights i i shouldn't be so interested or excited about this uh but i think because of like the first thing i did when i'm like oh doctor who's getting a female doctor that's cool. I didn't even know, like, that there were. (laughs) Who was coming up? A new doctor. Oh, I bet everyone online is shitting their pants. And And immediately took to the internet to try and find, like, the trolliest places that I could. Which, didn't have to look that hard. It was just a Doctor Who's Facebook page and Mm. the comments on on the announcements. And then I just started looking at reactions. Because I was really interested to see, um, I mean, of course I knew people were going to react favorably, but I was interested to see the criticisms, um, as Mm. well. And... I, you saw some of these. I I put them. I don't. know will never Facebook friends. I don't think so. Yet. We'll rectify that yes, later. Yes, of course. Um, yes. I yes, yes, I, yes. I like started kind of compiling them and putting them on, and there were, you know, of course, the Garden Variety. I'm never gonna watch this show again. You ruined it. But like more interesting to me, people who are like, oh, who will my son have to look up to now that there's a female doctor? Yeah. I'm like, I, also that same person. Um, also. Like, who said the doctor or, like, any media star was the greatest person to look to up to anyway? I don't know. Right. Also, I like, mean... what have the past 12 doctors been and, like, any other, you know, role models in, like, sci-fi or anything? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, like, worried about your son. Uh mm-hmm. But, you know, as, as is all things, like, yeah, seems cool. I hope that the writers do it justice, because I heard that for, like, I was reading for other characters who maybe were black and or a lesbian. I yeah, don't know Bill. exactly. Okay. Her name yeah. is Bill. Okay, ah, oh, see, her name. Okay, see, that that was confusing. Yeah. That, like, apparently it was very heavy-handed and just like, hi, this by the happened. way, I'm black and gay. And yeah, it was it not happened. very organic, yeah. so. What, this,
1: this is just something I just thought about. Mm. Um, this, this brings up, like, trans politics in a way as well oh yeah oh yeah Um, which i had never i hadn't even thought about it i mean people are flipping out because it's a woman but like to think of it from that perspective yes um like yeah people are shitting themselves Mm -hmm. and it's it seems like it's like you said like they're a role model no matter what no matter what the doctor does it's still the
2: doctor the character is still the character right that's yeah. not going to change. I wonder who the first person will, maybe they already have them, people to talk about that aspect of it. Because yeah. I think people have been so entrenched in the idea that the doctor is a dude. But as I was reading, the, it, like, he's a shape-shifting alien. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it is a shape-shifting alien. Yes. So there shouldn't be any gender or sex associated with this being it anyway. Be. It's
0: an appeal to tradition argument, essentially.
2: It's, yeah. always,
0: it's always been this way. It should always be this way. And it's like, no. no.
2: So then technically this well, I guess maybe not technically, because they weren't born a gender and then they transitioned to something else. No. So, But it's still interesting to talk but about. But it's still interesting to talk about, yeah.
1: because a lot of a lot of what is in that kind of gender politics is about appearance. Yes. And whether a man looking like a man versus a man looking like a woman, or a woman mm. looking like a woman, or anything in between, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like yes. that part of it. And something that I had spoken to you about a little bit um, was... If they tested this idea out with Missy on on the show, um, which you're you're unaware of what this is, Jenny. But I read um, about it. But I'm like, wait, spoiler. I don't know who
2: Missy is. Just tell me. No, but
1: it. no, it, it's you don't have to know all the details. Like, mm-hmm. Again, like, um, but yeah, it, it was a character that was portrayed by men, mm-hmm. and then in this last incarnation, is portrayed by a woman who was fabulous, amazing. Mm. The little bit that I have seen of her is incredible, and totally still embodies the character. Mm. And I I asked Tony about this, I was like, do you feel like they tested this idea with Missy first? Mm. I mean, she's a villain. She's someone that people care about, she's interesting, but it's it's not the main character of the show.
0: And I have a better answer for you to that question since you asked it the other day. Actually, that was test driven a few seasons earlier. Really? At the end of Capaldi's first season. I think it's the end of Capaldi's first season. But he ends up, spoiler alert, he ends up finding Gallifrey again. Yeah. And when he goes to Gallifrey, the main um, leader of the military force who's trying to capture him. He basically has to shoot him down and says, I'm really sorry, and he shoots him down knowing full well he's a Time Lord, he's going to regenerate, he's having to kill this guy, but he realizes uh, it'll get me away from here. The guy regenerates, and he regenerates into a bald black woman (gasps) whose first line is, oh, I'm so glad I'm a woman this time. All that testosterone was just too much. Mm-hmm. It's a line along those lines. And it's and she is awesome, but you can tell that it's the exact same character. So he was mm-hmm. test driving for Missy.
1: That is Which amazing. I think it's that
0: same season. Yeah. And then we get Missy dropping her bombshell when we finally find out who she is and saying, Oh... No, it's Missy, short for Mistress, because I couldn't go around calling myself the Master, could I? And it's brilliant. Yeah, she's amazing.
2: <laughs> Did they it's... really do that? Like Missy, short for Mistress? Yes. Like, yes. No, okay. Yes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so
0: cheeky. It's
1: so. It, yeah, it's it's yeah. It's such the character of the show now.
0: Yes, and her delivery is awesome because she's also she also does stand up comedy. Oh. I found some of her stand up oh. routines on YouTube, and since she is. A uh, half Mexican, half Scottish woman. She is just hilarious, absolutely hilarious, and I'm sad to see her go because we're seeing her go. But the trade-off is Judy Whitaker. Yeah. Yes, and yes, fans are shitting. I have taken out stock in Depends because <laughs> I will make a fortune.
2: I need. An extra mug for all of the man-tears. Uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I saw her in Broadchurch, which I really enjoy. Yes, I just watched and, the first
0: episode the other day.
2: Um, ooh, you're, I don't even know how that was only the first. It's like, yeah, we how you were not binge-watching. Um, yeah. But I liked her there. I thought she was a strong yeah. role. So she, if, she has presence. Again, if the writers don't hobble it, then she should be able to do a good job.
0: There. She's also in a science fiction movie called, oh, what's it called? Defending the Block, Fighting the Block, something like that. Okay. But yeah, and so I'm going to look that up probably tonight as soon as we're done with uh, all of our discussions about slightly less... Um, gender-friendly Doctor (laughs) Who writing, so... Back to the original matter at hand. Yes, those of you who were waiting uh, for us to get back to the book, you can unclog your ears now. (laughs) This time, we're returning briefly, oh so briefly, to the 60s for the third and final novel published in that decade to discuss David Whitaker's novelization of his script for the 14th Doctor Who story, The Crusaders. Without further ado, here are some fast facts. Doctor Who and the Crusaders, adapted by the Whitaker from a script that aired from three twenty seven sixty five to four seventeen sixty five, published by Frederick Mueller Limited in nineteen sixty six and my target books in nineteen seventy three. As of this recording in July of twenty seventeen, this title is currently in print in two facsimile editions and
2: is available as an unabridged BBC audiobook, one hundred sixty pages. Those are really fast.
0: Yeah. I know. I'm getting better at it on time. Yes. Do you put
2: speedy. in some sort of whoosh sound, like to indicate that it's a fast Also, fax, you haven't listened
0: just... to you haven't listened to your own episodes?
2: I do my own oh my voice. God. My You're, own voice. Okay, we're gonna explain to her what you just heard, <laughs> d-
0: gentle fans, because you, you haven't seen, yeah. We use the uh the theme for the much hated, much maligned, 1993 anniversary special, oh. Dimensions in Time, which is kind of a techno disco version of the, not disco. It's a techno version of the theme, which runs Oh, really, that really sounds fast. fun! It is. I'll, I'll play it for you after the recording,
2: or I'll just actually listen to my oh, own shit. It always. might be a good idea.
0: Heaven knows, we, we need all the lead, uh, listeners who we can get. <laughs> so, um, and I see that Dalton has already started looking at the books, Can't and that's fine. Um, what Dalton's looking at is the BBC facsimile edition of the first Target edition. That's what the book looked like when it came out in 1973. The blue one that you're holding is the reprint from the 80s, hence the uh, neon logo. And I'll hand this to Jenny, because I don't think Jenny saw the Bogdanov Bogdanov twins last time. No. If you (laughs) you look on the back, you'll see them in all their glory. That is the French edition. (laughs) Um,
2: and yes. They're it, they're dressed in like silver jumpsuits. They look yes. like they should be in um some sort of eighties music video. And they were. They and were twin
0: physicists who presented programs on French television about physics and about science fiction. <laughs> the doctor And the doctor's doing a face he, palm. Yeah, he he's doing he's a like, face palm oh,
2: because
0: like, oh my God,
2: the Bogdanovs. <laughs> of course the the title is colored like that one word art from Microsoft Word, like 98. um, That's become really popular from from this, I guess. Yeah, this is incredible.
0: Yes. And what's more incredible is the Bogdanovs have since become uh, addicted to um, to plastic surgery. Oh, Oh, so so now they look even better. They look even better. We also have and I'll hand these to you so you can look at those. We have the um, Dutch edition. Which is basically the same cover art as 73, but the seventy-three. And a cruise banders, yes, it's cruise <laughs> by and it has Tom Baker. I'm doing the accent, and it has Tom Baker on the back. Yeah, I remember that last time you had one of these. Yep. Now the sad part is that before Katrina, I owned a copy of the hardback first edition mm-hmm. with the um, with the dust jacket and everything. I no longer have it. Mm. And I did buy the facsimile edition from Amazon. I was going to show it to you, but it didn't come in on time. Instead, what (laughs) I do have is this, uh, this, which is also from the 60s. It is from 1967. This is the um, Dragon edition, which has the Doctor running away from the Crusaders on the front. And it has different art to that which you saw in your version of the book. Much worse art, but that is an original.
2: This yeah. guy's head is is making me laugh. There's Tom Baker's Baker dis- head. Oh, he has yeah. that, he has that effect on everybody. The disembodied Tom Baker's head up on the back of this. Uh, what would we say? This was a Dutch yeah. version. Yeah,
0: I, I have one of those in my uh, my room. That's a disembodied Tom Baker head because of the figure. Oh, you know, this can, book belonged yeah, can to can Janet
2: Cadman. Not anymore. It's Wait, mine thanks, now. Thanks,
0: Jan. <laughs> but you can see the cut, the art is kind of oh, worse. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry about the light here. But the art has been redone, and I think it is inferior to what we get in the Mueller editions. Um, Let me talk about the history of this. In story order, these first three novels establish an on-again, off-again tradition in target novels of renaming the original story. The first episode of this uh, story on TV was, for instance, called The Lion, but the whole story is called The Crusades. Uh, We've established that the first book was Doctor Who and an exciting adventure with the Daleks. That's -hmm. the whole title. The last Mm -hmm. one we read was Doctor Who and the Zarbi, as opposed to the Planet. So it's these two books that established the whole thing of Doctor Who and And Doctor Who and until the eighties, when it became Doctor Who Dash Something. Ah, yeah, which was kind of strange. Because it means that before that happened, you got weird titles when they started doing weird titles in the 80s, such as Doctor Who and Warrior's Gate. So, (laughs) no, that doesn't work. Doesn't work so well. Hmm. Not at all. Not at all. And let's talk about David Whitaker for a little bit before we get into this. As we said in our second episode, The Daleks, David Whitaker was the first script editor for the show, Hmm. which may be why his grasp on the characters is both so strong and yet so variant from what we've seen so far. Because they were all, in fact, any of the two books you read were written long after this was written. Okay. Um, so that,
2: that helps me out. That helps my mm-hmm. understanding a little. Because yeah. I had forgotten. I was like, I know, I looked back and I saw what I what we did because I had notes, but I wasn't sure about the years. Yeah, okay. those were both
0: in the 80s. This is contemporary myth the story. In fact, it was published okay. within 12 months of it. Hmm. All right. Um, It's really a shame he fell ill and died before doing his novelization of Enemy of the World, and he also didn't do Power of the Daleks and Evil of the Daleks, but we will be doing those soon, because someone else did them, and did them quite well. And, as we said before, this is the last of the three novels that Frederick Mueller Limited put out in the 60s, and some sources say it came out in September 65, others say it's 66. I can't find evidence of this anywhere. I also don't know that it went to a second edition, but According to Simon Dane's excellent Doctor Who companion website, Hello, Simon, um, there's a lovely (laughs) review of this book, and he says the first three novels mostly sold to libraries, which might be a Mm. reason why they were discontinued after a while. They were fairly expensive. Um, People didn't buy them individually until they were remaindered later. And he doesn't specify the publication date, but he mentions a first edition, which does imply there was a second. As for the reason to go with the historical, which may have been another reason the series was discontinued, because you know how much kids love history? (laughs) I think that might have been it. Danes attributes this to the fact that Whitaker is novelizing one of his own scripts for once. Hmm. Because the Dalek book, he would have had to share the royalties with Terry Nation. Here he gets all the money himself. So, yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think it's uh, kind of unfortunate. Um, This one obviously went to paperback. So did the Daleks one. I'll have to show you that at some point. The Zarbi one did not, for obvious reasons, because it's awful, as we found out last time.
2: Yeah. it's it's Tim. Sorry, chaps. Uh, yeah. I, I'm. I'm so sorry. I couldn't be there with you. For yeah, that I'm sure one. you are. I
0: can tell that you're just wringing your heart out. Yeah. So I wish
2: am really suffering. It. Just like King, or just like who? Who's the guy who's like, oh, Barbara's suffering. I feel so bad that she's suffering. Um, the you... the fake uh, fake King Richard when the fake. Oh, oh, oh. When he's over there, there's this William line the about prey. Him. he's just. The he's prey. Yeah, right. with guilt, he's just. He's said, I'm like, oh, guilt. you feel so bad that she's like getting hauled off and raped. Somewhere, I, I do have pity for you. Um, yeah, I'm about yeah, no. as, oh. as sad as he was. Oh, wow, we're gonna <laughs> launch right into this early. <laughs> okay, let's
0: talk about this. Well, first impressions, Jenny. I think you're giving us sort of your first impressions right now.
2: You know, um, I and I was trying to remember how the other ones were. I I think it's Darius is surprisingly well written. Like mm-hmm. I overall, yeah. I'm like this is great writing. Uh, the Someone actually knows how to write uh, the first, especially the whole little monologue about, and this is maybe answering the favorite scene kind of thing, with the eagle and King Richard and his men. I really like that. I thought it was a wonderful way to open up the the conflicts in the story. There's like a battle that's going on and it crashes into the trees and then you don't get to see the outcome, so there's this tension. And then the the one guy I don't remember everybody's names. Um, De Pro. Well, two of them die immediately. So oh, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, the one guy you know comes out of the woods and it's like, hey, we gotta get away from here. And Richard's like, you know what, bitch? I want to eat my lunch. Um, and <laughs> then the and you know that that's gonna come back later. So it's it Richard starts died. off setting, which it does, um, up a lot of good tensions. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is decently written. Okay. Um, my oh. first impressions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I will just parrot all of that, because that's how I felt. I remember reading the beginning with the hawk and just being like, oh, this is so lovely. Yeah, This is so descriptive, and I can very easily depict that in my head.
0: Oh, yeah. Ah. Ah, Yes. Want to hear something even lovelier? When David Whitaker wrote the original script, he did a lot of the dialogue for the characters from that time period in Iambic Pentameter. Oh. Yeah, so blank verse, a uh, free verse? Blank verse, blank verse. Yeah. So yeah, he was trying to do a, a, a very Shakespearean thing. Yeah. It, it's not on the page, obviously, but yeah.
2: No, there's so, there's some intent here, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, nice, yeah.
0: nice. And the intent is different on the page than it is on screen. And I'll, of mm. course, chime in with the differences there. But yeah, it's extremely well written. I... Ad- David Whitaker's writing. I'll just get that out of the way right now, because... <laughs> no pretense. No pretense. None whatsoever. I will say, however, that this is the first time I've read this book all the way through. Hmm. When I tried it as a kid, I couldn't get into it because it's history.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> when I was a teenager, I got halfway through it, and I was like, oh my god, that's history. Oh, I'm so sick of it. And this time, forcing myself, I was like, oh my god! There's both wonderful things here and just Horrific things here. Yeah, and I don't know how to feel about it. So that's why I brought you both here <laughs> to make you tell me what you think about it. Where do you want to start? <laughs> should we should we talk about the uh, half-clad woman being whipped in the room? <laughs> Other than the elf in the room. <laughs>
2: You, you know, I think it's interesting that, because there was a, a comment that I think we're going to read later about yeah. a child or a person who said as a child that they had the same experience of not being able to get into this book. Yeah. And, I'm like, I mean, maybe you were like very nice little children, but I, I probably would have been like, Woohoo, There's like fighting and right. swashbuckling and whippings <laughs> and near rapings and bitch slaps and and all kinds of things going on in this story. I think Looney Tunes like, taught oh. us to love.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, or Three Stooges even. Yeah,
2: um, <laughs> it, it is when you see it's these books are meant for children. Yeah. Like that—that is a little surprising because there is some dark ass stuff in this. Like <laughs> <There laughs> Ella whole story. But- um, I'm like, whoa, like, he, I, I mean, I sort of feel bad for him, except not really, because he's, like, the original men rights activist, like, yeah. neckbeard red pill yeah. subscriber. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's like, these women weren't nice to me, now I will kill them all. Uh, I'm uh, like, well, oh, okay. I'm laughing at that. Um, I'm laughing- <laughs> right. No, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know him. Um, mm-hmm. We know him. Yeah, uh, yeah, we do. And, of course, he's... One of the first things that I made a note of was about this cover. Could I see the, the yeah, book yeah. again? So no, I have a visual one? reference. The um, the one that we got the cover of. So I guess the PDF. Oh, yeah, the PDF. That one of the first things I noticed about this is the very stereotypical, like, rendering of our, you know, Middle Eastern um, friend here. Yeah, of and... He's got the big old scar and the pointy helmet and his, his scimitar and, like... On the left side of this cover, there's, like, magic, there's fire and stars oh, and mysticism. Is. And on the right side, there's, like, logic and order, there's flags and a straight sword instead of a oh, curvy, no. weird sword. No. And there's definitely, you know, some of that good old Orientalism going on here but this is is why we love (laughs) (laughs) Jenna. because i was classically trained in in all of this um got my mfa in bullshit uh yeah that was something i noticed i'm like okay you know so we're doing the thing but it is 1965 and i think that part of my reading of this of this is trying to temper my like extreme reactions Mm -hmm. to some of the things that are said uh with the the knowledge that this was a while ago um And I don't particularly know, like, what kind of, I don't know, audience, like, this is being written for, and that they yeah. would have expected to hear it this way. It would have been teenagers for sure. Um, teenagers and young kids, and you were right there. My, I think my least we have a least favorite line. A uh, mm-hmm. question is when Harun says he's like, "Well, I have all I could have ever asked for. I have these daughters that adorn everywhere they go." I'm like, "Oh yes, my, um, <laughs> my goal adornment. in life is to adorn things. I want to be an adornment." Uh, there were just you know several beautiful little lines like that oh, in God. this that I'm like, "Well, okay, um, <laughs> well, okay,"
0: <laughs> which <laughs> is know. interesting because um, even though it strikes our admittedly. Liberal 2017 sensibilities, a bit odd.
2: Admittedly, we are,
0: yeah. Whitaker himself, I, I think, given the rest of the content of the book was being extremely liberal for 1966. Yeah? Okay. Because there are a few points there you're like, holy
2: shit. I didn't have, have a good,
0: like, litmus
2: for it, so. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I, I think, compared to, well, compared to Zarby, shall we tell her about Zarby?
2: Ooh, no. what happened in Zarby? Oh, okay, this
0: you is what tell happened her. in Zarby. Um... <laughs>
2: Just give it to me straight, Tony. I I can take
0: it. I certainly will. Um, The novelizer of Zarby, Bill Strutton, who is novelizing his own script, mind you,
2: Mm.
0: added sexism to it.
2: Okay.
0: He (laughs) transpondrified two female characters back to male. Okay. Even though they were female on screen. Um, The very first lines that the Doctor and Ian direct towards Barbara are along the lines of... Get
1: in the kitchen and make us
0: breakfast. Yeah, make me some eggs, bitch! Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Okay, that's not on screen. None of it is. Interesting. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of, but what about the girls? We can't leave them in the TARDIS alone. Oh my god, oh my god. And Vicky, go back to sleep. (laughs) You're a young woman, you need your (laughs) sleep. Go back to sleep. Yes, you need your beauty rest. I'm glad they didn't do that, but they might as well have done. But yeah, there's a lot of sexism in it. And it's like, okay, that's a product of the time.
2: Yeah, see, I'm curious, if that wasn't in the show, then did they just think like, oh, our readers are going to be like super nerdy dudes, so we need to have more sexism, like more things to put in there to make them feel superior? Like I'm just looking for a reason why that was added. I'm not sure the
0: concept of nerd really existed in 1966 the same
2: way it does now. Hmm. I mean,
0: you wouldn't have thought of Doctor Who fans necessarily as a fandom. Okay, okay. Because okay. Daleks were, you know, popular all over Britain. Hmm. They actually called it Dalek Mania for about a year. Hmm. Daleks were everything and Interesting. everywhere. Um, n- people may not have known Doctor Who, but they sure as hell knew the Daleks. Hmm. And there were, there's even a political cartoon from, I think it's 1964, depicting Charles de Gaulle as a Dalek. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Wait, are Daleks not attached to Doctor Who? No, they are. Oh, okay. They are.
0: They are, but people would have recognized a Dalek even even if they hadn't watched a single episode of Doctor Who. Because hmm. up to okay. this point, they've only, they've only appeared on screen twice. Hmm. Yeah. And the first movie would have come out, what did I say last time, August of 1965? Yeah, the first movie. Okay. With Peter Cushing as the Doctor, which I'll have to show you at some point.
2: Why not? Yeah, <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> it,
0: it's fun. It's fun. But the sexism... Yeah.
2: Here... Then it sounds better. A little bit. Yeah.
0: A little bit. Especially with the other things that Whitaker is doing in this that would have been... I can I don't even know enough about British culture in the 60s at the time to know whether or not his views would have been considered controversial. Mm -hmm. But there are some things here that certainly would have set people in the American South throwing this on the pyre. Sure.
2: Still yeah, to this was, um, day. Yeah, yeah, today as
0: well. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Well, for different reasons, I think. Um, basically, the Islamophobia. I was thinking more along the fact that he's not, you know, the when it first happened, I was like, oh, my stars, it's a Negro. <laughs> there were ne- Negroes <laughs> in the book, and they're called yeah. that, by the way, readers. I'm not being racist. That's how Whitaker refers to them. It was perfectly fine in 65 and 66.
2: Um, um there, There's also a, a Negress. A negress, um, a wait. charming negress, Star Trek. Yes, I, I really, when you stop and visualize this, it becomes especially precious. Uh, I'll read. One was a tall negress, loose limbed and very full of figure. You know, so yes. we can imagine the the Venus hot and taut like anthropological picture mm-hmm. here, wearing a mold colored costume, so that army green and a pair of enormous bone earrings. So we right away get that cave. Person esque look, and we know right what's happening. Yeah. Um, and I was like, ooh, ooh, that Negress, yeah. And yet she's
0: there. <laughs> that's what strikes right. me. Right, yeah, she's that is there. very interesting. But is it more to do with just putting more exoticism? Is it, even if that's even a word, yeah. into the book? Or is it Whitaker trying to say, yeah, there were just as many different races back then as there are now? And, At
2: least, like, well, every single person in this book is beautiful. He goes to great yeah. pains being oh, yeah. like, oh, oh, they were stunning. Yeah, no. Yeah. And the harem being trophies. Yeah. Having this
1: rarity mm. as a trophy that's yours. Having one of each. Yeah. Oh. He's a collector.
2: Collect them oh. all. Which is,
1: adds an even creepier... Sorry. Like,
0: <laughs> it's okay. I was just taking a drink at the moment. So. Yeah. Died on
1: his drink. As if you needed any more reason to dislike this man. Yes. Thinking about him collecting these women from all around, you know... As literal trophies. Yes. Trophy wives. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, God. That's
2: where, where is the place? Because I, I have a copy of uh, your. My extensive notes. Notes that <laughs> <laughs> you. You were saying that Elakir got, like, fleshed out kind of deeply or lit. But that also we know he's evil now. On page um, five
0: of the notes, I think. Oh,
2: yeah. Make no mistake. This is on page six, beginning of chapter four. Oh, yeah. uh, I wish Yeah. I wish. Yeah. I wonder what. Age this is on because I was like, dude, they—they've told us to hate this guy so hard. Yeah. Like he, he gets nothing but like the, the deepest evil, and everyone who talks yeah. about him is like he's irredeemable and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I maybe I shouldn't <clears throat> shoot my wad of, of criticisms early on. Absolutely shoot your wad. We do it on
0: the show all the time.
2: Mm, um. <laughs> because we're always making dicks jokes, mm. but
0: Terrence Dix's is. Uh, we won't have dicks for a while. Sad, sad
2: times, <laughs> really so sad. Uh, that, you know, we we mentioned, and I think you wrote here, and I realize it too, that this starts off being kind of an interesting narrative, and it opens up that way too. That it's like, okay, two people or two leaders who are convinced that they're correct. Yeah. Um, and then we start to see them. We get to know this King Richard that I agree, he's been characterized very nicely, and then even Saladin, Salad- Saladin. Saladin, 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 whoever, Saladin, Saladin, Saladin. Saladin. Yeah. um, that's totally racist. Um, no, no, that's <laughs> whatever, probably the correct Whatever, however it. we're pronouncing him, Saladin. Uh, he's also really interesting too. I yeah. think I wrote him down for my favorite character because I was like, oh, this person is unexpectedly novel. Um, yeah. He didn't fall into the elocure trope, he's not, like, vicious, he's thoughtful mm-hmm. and kind to Barbara, at least. Um, but then we lose that, and the story becomes just about, rescue Barbara. The, the broad is in the trouble, in shining her, armor, her yeah. honor is at stake, it's always the same old trope, and now we've got to have her be rescued, uh, yeah. and I I thought that was unfortunate, because mm. I was really actually interested in this other narrative so much more, and we never get closure on that earlier narrative either, no. I mean, granted, if you know anything about the Crusades, which I'm like, I don't know anything about this, <laughs> um, right. We maybe you would have known that he doesn't. Richard doesn't try and take the city, or no, I guess that, that's what happens. But I still was like, well, I don't know why they took a perfectly good and interesting narrative and just made it really boring.
0: I have theories about that. Hmm. I have lots of theories about it, in fact. Um, Dom, what do you think about that?
1: About them changing the story? Or? or
0: about going away from the historical story, because you've... Well, both of you, actually, have read um, Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. And it kind of does the same thing as Marco Polo. I mean, the Doctor and company do not get involved with any of Marco's actual adventures. They're there as a sideline mm-hmm. for a few months, but they're there. Um, and, Dalton, you've read the Aztecs, and you know what happens there.
1: I feel like with this one, they... Since Barbara is kidnapped and, and taken away, they have to kind of uh, interfere in history. Right. Um, but even at the end of the book, they they kind of cover it up and say, well, this happened, but it only happened to us, so if we don't tell anybody else, then did it happen?
0: Yeah, and there's even an excuse for Ian not
2: being mentioned. Yeah. So, it's the die dots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: because really, everything that happens only has to do with the, the four people from the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. They get kind of caught up in what's happening in the real world, as it were. No. But, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the decisions that are made, um, you know, knighting Ian and allowing him to go see Saladin, and then Saladin allowing him to go to El Akeen. Mm-hmm. Probably El Akeen getting killed is the only thing that really affected the larger world, um... Well, since I mean... he was, like, a, a powerful... <laughs> Um, controller in the army.
0: Yeah, and maybe mm-hmm. not even there. Yeah. Because Saladin doesn't much care care for akir either. Right. No.
2: Right.
1: And who's to say that Saladin just wouldn't absolve his troops anyway and yeah. Okay, I control you now as well.
2: Yeah. Although um, he cares enough initially to not personally do anything about Barbara. He's yeah. like, it's only a woman, and he's a valuable part oh, yeah. of my yeah. army. <laughs> yes, oh yes, oh, I that's told the you what second. Says I'm not, I'm that's sorry. the second time in this story that someone said it's only a woman. There were two lines. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, the first one was Richard's. Wasn't yeah.
2: It? yeah, it's it,
1: It's interesting to feel like, like they are very honorable and very like good characters, but at the same time the flip side of that is the yeah. extreme
2: like misogyny going on in there and i didn't mean to drag it back to that but no, that there is some did, unevenness going on into how valuable a, a cure is to saladin
0: right and if we think about it in terms of 12th century gender politics uh,
2: oh well then i mean yeah all those yeah. are right yeah yeah, yeah exactly I mean, they
0: happen to i mean the audience in the 60s, some of them are going to say, hey now, and some of them are going to say, well, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's the, one of the big problems with that. Yeah, It's striking us that badly because we're not used to that perspective at all. We really don't like that perspective.
2: I think early on, I've, and you're going to laugh at me, but there was some point, oh yeah, where like Richard had gotten hurt, and someone was like, oh, there was a physician in there um, cleansing his wounds. And I was like, how, wound care in the eleven hundreds. What does that look like? Because yeah, I really wasn't <laughs> sure that there would be such a thing. I mean, oh. this is way before Pasteur oh. and like Lister and just like you know all of that. And probably just like cleaning with water and. Mm-hmm. Finger. just just yeah. in case anybody gives a shit right. <laughs> um, you either had it cauterized yeah. or there was, was some discussion I found about sealing it with fat which yes. is actually not that bad of an idea because that would be a completely anaerobic substance and there would be no bacteria in right. there but not of like water there was no ointments or salves which yeah. later on gets seductively rubbed onto Barbara by the other women oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know which we can all imagine and have be titillated a really weird fetishized kind of moment Um, Maybe you would. I mean, (laughs) sure. um, If I would, somebody would. uh, Not you. I mean, the the listeners. All that is to say that I I started then taking a lot of the historical accuracy with a grain of salt. Because I'm like, well, I mean, you know, clearly they weren't like doing like the deep research on any of this. Well, so
0: <laughs> I think Whitaker probably would have done as much research as he felt he needed to, but he, I have, we also have to bear in mind the research in 1965 was sure. both much more rigorous and much more difficult than it would be now. Mm-hmm. Um he That's does a good get point. S- he does get some details wrong. I
2: just forget they didn't have Google back then.
0: No, <laughs> nor did they have Wikipedia. They just had regular encyclopedias, but just to give you some sense This story takes place going to the Doctor either in 1190 or 1192. And Richard is going to be dead by 1199. On Mm. my birthday, in fact. He'll be dead on April 6th, 1199.
2: So lucky, old boy. I know. Mm.
0: And although it's not been mentioned yet, this is the Third Crusade, and the Doctor will say later on he was not successful in taking Jerusalem. So this entire venture is going to come to nothing. Mm. And on top of it all, his depiction of Joan of Sicily? Is just odd because here she's Joanna. She's mm-hmm. not Joan of Sicily. He goes to great trouble to get Richard right uh, uh, in his personality somewhat, but he presents her almost like a girl who has no experience of men. By eleven ninety two, she was twenty seven, and she was already a widow. Mm. And he doesn't even he does mention she's the ex queen of Sicily. But yeah, she also is going to be dead by eleven ninety nine. So these are, yeah, these are people that are not anything like their 60s equivalents. Um, (laughs) I may have to play you both uh, a clip of Joanna, because it's, uh, have either of you ever seen the show Upstairs, Downstairs? Mm -mm. No. No. Okay, I'm wondering where you might know her from, because I know Allison would have known for sure who I was talking about. Gene Marsh plays Joanna. Gene Marsh became well-known as co-creator and star of a show called Upstairs, Downstairs, which was insanely popular in the mm. 1970s.
2: And in Britain or everywhere? We okay.
0: And here. and here, <laughs> It was basically the Downton Abbey Never heard of that. Really. Whoa. Oh, God. You guys are so dumb. I but know. it's true. It's true. It was the Downton Abbey. But don't
2: hate stuff. me. I'm watching Fantasy oh, no. Island, so...
0: Ah. <laughs> yes. I no, I pity you. Why would I hate you? I
2: mean, Blanc a blonde. I like him. Oh. Well, I don't
0: while, know. While he's, while he's cool. I it's just. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, what was I getting at? I was getting at the fact that G. Marsh is going to be the companion of the Doctor in a different role in a few months, hmm. and then she won't be. <laughs> but <laughs> um, that not so ominous. It, like, it <laughs> is rather. Um, <laughs> it is. The rest of it historically is just about right, except hmm. for one thing it's presented here that the reason why the marriage between Joanna and Saladin got scuppered is because of the Doctor's presence. That somehow that led what's-his-name to I've forgotten his name. Oh my the
2: Leicester guy? Earl of Leicester. Yeah, or the Earl of Leicester.
0: Well, no, it's, it's fine. I thought it was Leicester. <laughs> whatever Lichester whatever
2: his name is. L guy. Well, well at least you didn't see Leicester or whatever, how it's spelled, but Um, Lysol. Lysol.
0: Earl of Lysol. Lysol. Earl of Lysol. (laughs) He reveals it to Joanna, and it's heavily implied that he did so because the doctor was there.
2: That is true.
0: But history would say that he was the one that revealed the plan, and that's why it fell apart, and that's why they didn't get married. No. The plan was on the books. It was going to happen, as far as I know. I have not been able to find any evidence that Joan of Sicily was against it. Hmm. It was the church that was against it, on the grounds that they would not marry a devout Christian woman to a heathen. Well, they kind of get into that in the book too, a little bit. They but it comes down. out. But it comes out of Joanna's mouth. Yeah, it doesn't come out of you know the church. So there's that. I, I think that's probably shortcutting to get the uh,
2: history right. But yeah, that's the last of the history we get. Then well, it's the rescue. That helps a little bit, because that was another one of my favorite, uh, with heavy quotation marks, oh, scenes. Um, okay. Because, you know, we know that this isn't going to go well. Uh, yeah. Richard is, is hatching this plot, Joanna doesn't know anything about it, we've had it nicely foreshadowed, and we're just waiting for that, that foot to fall. And then, of course, she's livid, and we're happy about it, because mm-hmm. we're like, hey, yeah, she she has something to say about this. But right. what it all comes down to, and there's the this line about, oh, I, I'm appealing to a higher authority here, even than you, because he's tried to order her around, he's like, I'm your brother, I'm the king, I can do what oh, I right. want, blah, blah. Right. And she still stands her ground and says, no, I have a higher authority, and I'm like, in my head, like, yeah, like, you know, the authority of, of like agency, of like personhood, of, of self-respect and decency, and she's like, "No, Jesus!" And I'm like, oh, "God Jesus. damn it!" Like, so uh, so like, uh, so and up. then and she's like, "And Alex, communicate you." And he's like, "You would never do, a sister." She's like, "Oh, I would." And I'm like, Wait. "So this is the worst fate that could befall him? Not like selling your sister." To the heathens, but excommunication. Oh yeah. no! Well, especially oh since no! Trying to I take mean, Jerusalem
0: back for the Christians. Yeah. True,
2: and I understand that. Oh, um, but it was this moment yeah, of like, yeah, oh, no. maybe th- no. Okay, no, that's fine. Like this yeah. whole
0: no, not going there. The
2: whole book was definitely full of these moments. I'm like, oh, Barbara escaped. Oh no, she did it. She yeah. no. Oh this. Oh no, no, that's fine. Like oh Where she, she's with this girl. Oh no, he's gonna ask them both to kill themselves. That's fine. yeah,
0: <laughs> And yet, (laughs) I will say this. I will say this. Barbara is probably stronger in this book Mm -hmm. than we have seen her in a while. Yeah. And I'll explain what I mean in just a moment. Uh, Apparently we need to take a break because we need more libation and we need to do stuff, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So we were talking about the fact that Barbara is probably stronger in this book than we've seen yeah. her in a while. Now, I I know that the two books you read, you read Marco Polo and you read Edge of Destruction. Yes. Okay. Did I get that the wrong way around? Edge of Destruction, Marco Polo.
2: And I went back and thought about it, and I was like, oh, the Lucarati, I liked his writing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I know you, I think you didn't, but I can't remember. I remember liking that writing, okay, but then when I thought about it, I was like, oh, yeah, because then she, like, it's? she, like, wanders off into the cave and it's really stupid. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think by that logic... Um, yes, she, she is more active here than she's in other places. Yeah. Yeah. Though
0: in Edge of Destruction, she really shines in that particular story.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that's probably still one of the best Barbara stories, that and the other Lucarati story, the Aztecs. Yeah. Where she's uh, briefly, um, since you haven't listened to that episode, young lady... <laughs> In the Aztecs, Barbara is, is mistaken as the uh, a reincarnation of an Aztec priest. Oh, nice! And she decides, you know, I'm a history teacher. I know what happens to these people because of human sacrifice. I'm going to stop it. Mm. And she fails, of course, miserably. Mm. But she tries.
2: Does she end up getting sacrificed? No, no, oh, okay. she's, she's still with us. Why? Well, she's here in this book So you know, someone rescued her. Well, she
0: gets sacrificed in this book. Somebody. But, um, yeah, but that's one of her strongest moments. Hmm. Here, she's a lot stronger than the last time where she was being ordered by the boys to, you know, make me some eggs, bitch. It's like, oh, for God's sake. Guys, really? Hmm. Oh, my Lord. But, yeah, I think she's stronger here. And I saw you nodding across oh, yeah. the table, Don. Why do you think so?
1: Well, she's, I mean, it's like, can't keep her down. Like, oh she is so resilient she is just doing everything she can to get out of this situation and to to you know keep in good spirits even in the face of horrible horrible atrocities like um yeah she's just like
0: yeah.
1: she's they just kick her when she's down like
0: i don't, really do. I don't know but yeah, and the fact that she's trying to take care of, uh, what's-his-name's daughter, and she's yeah. terrified, but mm. she makes sure that the child is, yeah. is you know, feeling alright about the situation. It's like, that's Babs. Yeah. I mean, if we're looking at favorite lines, for instance, there is one. We never see her tied up underneath a horse, by the way, on screen. That's never gonna happen, thank God, because that would just be awful. But at one point, he says that she looks straight into his eyes, Mm -hmm. it's just before Whitaker's marvelous line, which is, Barbara was never one to take the course people anticipated. Mm. It's like, damn straight. Sorry, darling. I should should apologize for myself, too. (coughs) Damn straight, indeed. That's heterosexist. Um, (laughs) Never one. I never thought of that. Never mind. I was like, what? Oh. (laughs) I know, my jokes go over everybody's heads these days. Um, Was never one to take the course that people anticipated, and she replies to something he has said, and her reply is in the TV version, too. And that's what I want to look up now, because she says something just amazing, and I'm like, yeah, that's one of her best moments. Are you afraid of me? Barbara shook her head and Saladin turned to his brother in mock surprise. If I cannot make women tremble, what hope have we to win this war? Barbara said, I know of no person who doesn't hold you in respect. There is most healthy regard for your generalship, my lord. I am not a man, so perhaps I don't fully understand what wars are all about. Boy, she's selling herself short there. She's been through enough of them. But I feel men of character do not care to fight against cowards. There it is. Yeah. So, basically...
2: And I do not believe that she was actually being serious in that line. I think she was trying to sell herself as, you know, the... Well, I don't know about war and men, but I do know about this. Let me flatter you a little bit, and hopefully you'll let me go. Right. The test.
0: That's it. When Saladin tests her. And he says something about what uh, Alakir said something about. This woman can be made to entertain me. I can have her dance on hot coals, run through a passage made Mm. of sharp-tipped swords or any of a hundred ways in my mind, all for your amusement," Saladin thought for a second or two, and then looked at Barbara gravely. What do you say to this? Barbara knew she was being tested as a person. Mm. I love that. And was determined not to hurry her reply. She also knew that Saladin would be disappointed if she begged for mercy, although she felt he probably expected it. Barbara was never one to take the course people anticipated. It sounds to me, she said at last, like the punishment for a fool. Yeah, And which of us here is the most foolish?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. a nice, uh, that's it's that's a nice awesome. twist. Yeah. It's a good twist. Awesome. Yeah, because then I'm like, oh, she's going to tell stories. And I was excited for that scene. Oh, yes. I And see, we all were. Like, I could s- visualize it in my head that the broad table laid out with all the delicacies, yes. all of the people, her anxious and having to tell these stories and maybe it would become some sort of device for distraction while someone was going to come in and try and yes. savor um it could be you know a, an allegory for other things that were happening in the story it would have been so good yes, <laughs> and you that's have. what yeah you know, i just i don't know i feel like you can make uh, this argument that when characters are are treated in a tropey and simplistic way the story suffers um, yeah. it, it doesn't even need to be about quote-unquote feminism it can just be about narrative. That know, when yeah. characters are allowed to be interesting and don't fall back on these very staid tropes, then it, it's a lot more fun. Uh, yeah. We all wanted to see that scene.
0: We did. And I think it would have made a hell of a bottle episode. Yeah! Yeah, because... If Maybe they there's hadn't... a food
2: fight? I don't know. No,
0: no, no. no, no <laughs> I meant. I meant. <laughs> A bottle episode is when a show doesn't have enough money to do new sets or whatever. So they have to shoot it on the existing sets. That's basically what Edge of Destruction was. Okay, Mm -hmm. And also the much maligned and rightfully so second season closer of Star Trek The Next Generation Shades of Grey, it's a clip show. Mm. Whenever a show does a clip show, it's not a bottle show because they do not have enough money, so they do clips. This could have been their clip show. Because it could have had Barbara saying, well, we did this, and you see clips uh, from that. Oh, yeah, saying. they could have done that properly because of the technology at the time. I don't think they could have done the video editing necessary to do that. But, yeah, we would have loved to hear her say, would you like to hear about a planet where butterflies walk as men, which was the last story. Okay. The one that sucked, believe it or not. Which <laughs> maybe she would have told it better. I think so. Yeah. Well, she would have told it the way it was on screen and not the way yeah. it was on paper. Yeah. It's like I saved the day, damn it. And no one thanked me.
2: Yeah. Again. Again.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Like every
2: time. Always.
0: Instead, I'm going to be whipped within an inch of my.
2: <laughs> I don't know why it's there.
0: Can we go straight to that, please? I have to get past it. This image of Barbara being whipped severely bothers me. Hmm. Severely bothers me. And I don't. Well, I do know exactly why it bothers me. But the big problem is this. Flashing doesn't happen on screen.
2: Yeah.
0: The way it happens on... In fact, if it had, I doubt we'd have a show to talk about at this point. Mm. Um, in fact, Alec here is just coming into the room to menace Barbara with the knife, and he's immediately killed by her own scene. And mm. she's rescued. She doesn't get tortured or anything. She gets tortured here. In fact, it's her screams that allow Barbara, ah, Barbara, because she's usually the one to saved the day. Um, her screams are the things that allow Ian to find her. Um, the question that I have is this. Uh, is this necessary to the plot? Does it somehow help the drama of this book to have that happen? Or is it an unnecessary piece of exploitative violence?
1: I think it's just exploitative. Okay, why do you think so? It's just it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Like I said, it's just they're kicking her when she's down. Like it, there's no reason for that to
0: happen. Okay. How about you, Jenny?
2: Yeah, as you said, Dalton, we know she can get back up. So we actually I don't know, To in my mind, I'm not particularly worried about her surviving this, actually, because no. we know Ian's on his way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a Doctor Who story. Like some, Something's gonna happen, everything's gonna be fixed by the end, we're gonna see Barbara later. So, in that sense, there really are no stakes for this, narratively. No. But, in the other sense, that this has been threatened, you know, she's almost escaped, she's gotten back, um, we know, or we've been told, told specifically again and again, what a bad dude, this alakir guy is, and it in in the same way that I've been uh, criticizing the narrative before. I actually think that this is the narrative um, satisfying one of our needs by this point. Really? Is it's saying you know I we've been telling you how awful he is. Now we have to show you, it's and beautiful. I'm not saying that it's good. Yeah, I, no. I definitely still think it's it's exploitative it's super yeah. you know fetishized as as this has been to me foreshadowed in lots of ways in this book like way early on in the forest like somebody fell on her i mean she's been tied up oh, yeah. there has been yeah. all of these little hints of um you know be of bondage and and whippings and things that are to come so it's almost like we had to see this um yeah. and it, i do actually think in a, a sadistic way that it's uh, nice, that we don't see it, we hear it first, so that we as the readers can make up our own image of what this is supposed to look like. Yes. Um, and
0: that's what's bothering me.
2: Oh yeah! Like it's super bothersome, yeah. right? Yeah. because as uh, a reader and a fan
0: of Barbara, it really upsets me yeah. to think of, you know, the image that was never filmed of Jacqueline Hill being strapped to a table and being hit with a cat of nine tails or whatever it was called in 12th century Palestine, as a writer, it's narratively satisfying to have that rounded out, to have stakes in the Doctor Who story for once. Mm. Especially when we know, and we've got to talk about that prologue because we haven't talked about it yet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially since we know that they will not affect history, and cannot affect history. These are fixed points in time, nothing's going to change. They weren't able to stop human sacrifice with the Aztecs, they went to Revolutionary France, nothing changed there either. Yep. Robespierre still got shot in the jaw. Bloodily on page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty gruesome. It was pretty damn gruesome. Um and that one was written in the eighties. But this is gruesome even for the eighties. This is like hardcore shit.
2: It kind of is.
0: Yeah. And I was impressed. She yeah. It it that's the, just the thing. It is impressive and you're like, oh my god, and they talk about her having her back bleeding and having Mm. difficulty lying back, and she's going to have scars from this, literal scars, probably also psychological scars. Well, she should. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Of course, the next story, it's never going to be mentioned again. No, of course not. Because, of course, the the writers don't read each other's books, generally.
1: Even if I feel like it's unnecessary, I feel like it definitely fits in with... The time, like we're saying, like they would have treated women this way at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would have hung her under a horse, they would have dragged her through the street, they would
2: have done all of this stuff to her. So it's like And I think that's the other thing too, is like the one thing that we actually can't talk about in nineteen sixty five is the the rape that's happening here all the yeah. time. I mean this yes. is the the whole thing that's really occurring, right? Yeah. But that's something that they, they really can't do, so they yeah. have to do the next best thing which is like this, you know, and
0: maybe that's violence. Since it's a stand-in for rape, I'm reacting to it that way.
2: Yeah, um, and yeah. you know, even the the whole thing about the the one daughter being like sold into this, oh, um, God, yeah. and we don't there there was some some really really vague reference about like her her hardships or something, and yes. it was like, yeah, well, there we don't see any of it, but that well, certainly those, would have been a part of it. Yeah, uh,
0: we know exactly what those hardships would have been, and the fact that she. Is bearing this so beautifully in chapter 7 that where the lashing happens before it happens they talk about that damn tree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The the line on screen is not as good as the line in the book where she says the tree is no more than heartbreak Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: it's there's something gorgeous about that line and truly horrifying about the situation it describes because it is emotional, psychological torture that he is putting these girls through, as well as the, the rapes. You might know, as well call it what it is. And I actually found myself tearing up a little bit with that line. I was like, fuck, are they going to do this to Barbara? Because I knew it was coming. I'd read, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I better brace myself for this. It's to happen.
2: Yeah, I like that tree. But... Um, <laughs> that- again, it's like a moment of us being shown how awful this is. Like, this guy is so sadistic yes. that he made, like, a tree of hope outside. Like, you, yes, you can look yeah. at this, but you'll never be able to get down from it. Yeah. And then I think it is very satisfying when Ian uses it to climb up. Yeah. Um, I think he does, or was he it? Does. Yeah. Okay. He does. I can't, okay. Which, well, of course, we, we knew <laughs> everybody had been on that tree. Um... No. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> That we knew it would have to happen, so, yeah. cool. Something we
1: were talking about earlier, too, was the scene where he was discussing the other prisoner and he says he wanted to leave him uh, a cask of salt water to drink. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. That's very much on that same sadistic <laughs> yeah. level yeah. of, like, here's some water. If you drink it, you'll start hallucinating and dehydrate <laughs> and go fucking insane. Yeah. But it's there if you want it. Yeah. You can drink it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do you any good. Yeah. It's that same level of sadism the tree. It's like, here's your <laughs> escape route, but you can't use it. Yeah. If you try to go down there, the guards are gonna grab you immediately. hmm But there yeah. you go. If you want to do it, do
2: it. Yeah, yeah, I guess now that we're talking about it, like, that that is special, um, yeah. you know. We, I guess it always makes me sad when there's an evil character that's irredeemably evil. But at least this this guy is creatively evil. Yeah, yeah at least he's... it's it's not just regular evil. Right, but it's, it's a whole new level. Um, well, even the chaotic good character. Um. The
0: um. The thief. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name now, but he was Ibrahim. Ibrahim yeah.
2: and yeah. something
0: is passed. ah. This seems the ants. Yes. Ah. Yes. Which is on screen. That's actually <laughs> on screen. They actually that did that. Is... The episode doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. But yeah, that that happened. They filmed that. Um. And the character, <laughs> the actor who plays Ibrahim, was actually the fiddler in Fiddler on the Roof, the original movie. <laughs> Which just strikes me as hilarious because you got this really great kind of comic actor, and it was a much smaller part on the screen. <clears throat> All that fun stuff with Ian and Ibrahim doesn't happen on screen, a lot of it. Hmm. Because I've got, I forgot to bring it out. I've got the script book. Cool. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, there we are. Damn, how, how can I be so remiss? That's terrible.
2: I'm I'll impressed. put it on the Facebooks. Page. I'm impressed by all the stuff that you have. Like you have these pile of books, you say you have this, like oh, it's it's, yeah. quite, an, yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite
0: incredible incredible. We got to take you to the bedroom because <laughs> that's where my Doctor Who collection is. Literally, that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> not being creepy. I really am not.
2: I'm not. That's where I keep all the Doctor Who stuff. And it's yes. I mean that could still be like a Doctor Who sex dungeon. I don't know what that would even well, look like.
0: Yeah, but no anyway um, (laughs) (laughs) um, even that the ants yeah there's just it's a very brutal period and Whitaker does not shy away from it he also doesn't shy away from the beauty of it there's some gorgeous moments here and Mm -hmm. luckily it's a pro stylist like David Whitaker doing it and not some hack like well just say it (laughs) I, I I cannot mention his name at this point, but that's just it. I can't really call Dix a hack, because he's not a hack all the time. He's just a hack when he feels okay. like being a hack. Sometimes... He likes to phone it in. Yeah. He likes to be lazy. He does, and if he had novelized this, he probably would have phoned it in. Hmm. Luckily, we get Whitaker, who decides, you know, there's all this stuff that I couldn't do on screen. I want to tell the story I wanted to tell. And I want to tell everybody that I think, Ian and Barbara...
1: Oh, God, we couple. haven't even talked about this yet. We need to. Ah.
0: So why don't you start us? I hate it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Do you really? Yes. I thought you were a Barbara Ian Shipper.
1: No, I don't think it makes sense. I understand them as friends. Like, they're <laughs> friends. They work in the same school. They see each other in the teacher's lounge. Like, they're <laughs> friends. <laughs> I like that that's it's your very, perspective about it's it.
0: It's a very non-sexy place, you have to admit. It.
1: And, like... <laughs> Sure! I mean, I could see them having something, maybe, but, like, everything that they've been through together has not been sexy. It hasn't been, like, Mm -hmm. dates. It hasn't been going to see a movie. It hasn't been anything to, like, get to know you. They've been put through so much shit. Their life has been threatened basically every single time they've landed anywhere. That's not getting to know you time. That's not sexy time. That's not, I want to... It could be.
0: You know, don't River they say Sama's that conceived on
2: the That's true. But people who are in, like, traumatic situations will end up pretending that they're feeling like they love each other because of some psychological, like, effect? Oh, yeah, so it's Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, yeah like who, that. Well, um, well, maybe. I mean, I could see them, I could see, like, them
1: getting close, I could see them caring about each other. But, as far as it being romantic, as far as it being something that was, like, shacking up on the TARDIS, like i don't see it i don't see
2: it (laughs) okay how about you i mean it didn't bother me but then again i don't have that context or seemingly the same investment that you have i'm like well this book is full of tropes anyway of course we have this guy and like like i want to reiterate everyone is just fucking beautiful in this like that that beginning prologue it's like ian's Hand body was glistening with dew and Barbara <laughs> it had a subtler change, but she was just incredible and her yeah. hair
0: was whipping in the wind. It's like Barbara's hair never whipped in the wind.
2: It yep. was a bouffant. No. <laughs> the pic- I was gonna say the pictures make it look very yeah, like it's short. She yeah, always um, has just like a headband. But, uh, yeah, you know whatever um so i'm like okay yeah we have these beautiful people like sure whatever they can fuck each other that's fine yeah. like I, I it didn't from that perspective um, I, I see it but yeah like you're saying it's a trope it's totally like
1: he's the knight in shining armor to go save the right. day in distress but, yeah i
0: mean none of the other books that we've read up to this point has done this with them. and not to this extent no that's true
1: and not with Ian saying, I love this woman. The woman I love. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that blatant, really.
0: And that really, su- what I think was a really sweet kiss at the very end. Yeah. But then no. it's like, yeah, that's not on screen. And that's not what these two on screen would do.
1: No. I don't hate the idea, I just, I don't see it. Because their relationship thus far has not led me to feel it. Let
0: me see if this helps. <laughs> um, because you didn't read the Dalek book. And David Webster cool. also wrote that. Okay, And he rewrote the way that Ian and Barbara meet each other for that first book, because the first story mm-hmm. was never novelized. The Daleks was the first novelization for the longest time. So we never knew that they were school teachers together. Instead, he was applying for a job as a chemist, and he met uh, she and Susan on the road, and she's tutor uh, Susan's tutor. Um, and so that and that story, that book ships them quite strongly. So it's Whitaker basically doing the logical conclusion. It.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. makes more sense with that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Though then you get that weird anomaly of the Zarbi anomalization with, uh, you know, Ian. You know, make me some eggs, bitch. Yeah. It's like it's so out of character. Yeah, it's
2: just... <laughs> it really is. I'm, I'm really curious to know, like, the actual line of what that was. Um, I'm was sure not A- it's not because of eggs, bitch, but an, I'm putting I, an internet meme with that. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, that's interesting, I mean, there's... What was the line?
0: It was, do you have your PDF of it? Yeah. Because it's in that very first chapter. Yeah, it, it really is just the most, it's so blatant. Of course, I think the reason why I always missed it when I was a kid reading these books is because back then I was annoyed by the fact that it is the only Doctor Who book that refers to the Doctor as Doctor Who all the way through. Yeah, that was uh, was really annoying. Not just Doctor
2: or whoever. Doctor
0: Who, all the way through. Interesting. Refers to his ship as TARDIS, not THE TARDIS, which was, you know, kind of what the movies did. Oh. And, yeah, there are a few other real weirdnesses, but they're
1: they're looking at the scanner because something's going on with the ship and um barbara comes up and says what's happening and they say just a little interference my dear nothing
2: unusual or uh, would you get us some coffee <laughs> the doctor says that yes <laughs> no that's not, that's not so but bad um oh okay good it gets worse. good
1: yeah and then uh nothing for you, nothing for you to worry about the doctor says uh It's nice to see you up and dressed. Does that mean we can expect some bacon in it? (laughs)
0: That's okay, that's
2: really funny. That's Especially right. yeah. when you think of it as being sarcastic. Like, yeah. oh, it's nice of you to wake the fuck up. When are we <laughs> <Right>. having breakfast? <laughs> like, much. like the That's really coffee. funny. It's literally. Can like, you get some classic. coffee now? How about some yeah. fucking eggs, <laughs> worthless wench? Oh, that's really funny. Breakfast wench. That's super yeah. funny. Breakfast wench. Oh God. Um, it's there. And compared it's to that's that's that, hilarious. hilarious. Yeah,
0: compared to that, Whitaker's Barbara <laughs> yeah. is just a paragon of woman in trouble, but really strong woman. Yeah. The fact that at the end of chapter 6 he says that this is the first time Barbara ever fainted. It's like, no, we've seen Barbara faint before. But it's lovely that Whitaker would treat this as if it's the first time. is like an alternate... Yeah. version of Barbara,
1: and maybe that's why I get pissed off about the this too. Because I'm like, no, Barbara's a strong woman. She doesn't fucking need Ian to come save her. She's gonna get herself out of this. I know it. I know it. I know it. And she just keeps getting beat down, and I keep, I get mad. I'm like, no,
2: no, no. She's gonna get out of here. She can do it. She can do it. You know? I, I have that sense too that I'm like this character almost like to me apart from Whitaker is trying her damnedest yes. to, to do things but Whitaker is like doing it to her yeah. like yeah. just <laughs> so that's, yeah um, that's why like the Ian like knight in shining armor is just like I'm,
1: I get so mad about it because I'm like <laughs> no if she's going through all this stuff she's gonna get out of it on her own
2: yes. yeah that that's a fair point and see that too like would have been a really interesting conclusion right yeah and it wouldn't have been we wouldn't have had to make Ian's role like very useless like she right. could have escaped and yeah. run out and then he would have been right there right. and she would have hop on the horse baby and right, then like she said so so to get to <laughs> <The> from, from <laughs> one city to the other one so right, so yeah, she, she can't like get. hitchhike to fucking J- with Jaffa whatever yeah, it Jaffa. is <laughs> like hey camels um yeah that's not gonna go well <laughs> um probably not um, but even Ian couldn't do it. Yeah, on, no, so. this is it's yeah. just another case of, like, if we actually let these characters be interesting, they could be really interesting. Yeah, um, yes. And instead, they're they're stymied by these tropes. And that
0: kind of uh, gets me, too, that even Ian is being stymied by them. Right. Because Allison, when she texted me earlier to say she couldn't be with us, she said, I'm really... Sad, I'm gonna miss the discussion of suddenly sexy Ian? Yeah, right. suddenly sexy. Suddenly yes. sexy, and it's like it yes. sounds
2: like a male baldness product. Like uh, suddenly uh, sexy, yes. Ian is like he put some spray on, and oh, like, still hot even at 97
0: or however old he is now. I would now. believe it. He's, um, he's amazing.
2: Who's the guy who plays the the king in the King and I? Yul Brenner. Oh um, yes, like. <laughs> I've derailed the podcast I'm sorry I had to take about. a was moment Useful
0: till beautiful the day he died oh my god that man was very really
2: handsome lovely. oh my god yes but yeah um yeah. <laughs> yeah speaking
0: of Ian though um the reason why I brought him up is because he does something kind of out of character and Whitaker actually points it out for one thing Ian and Saladin do not meet on screen no it
2: doesn't
0: happen it does not happen but in chapter seven, I'm gonna read from my notes here because this is really interesting. This little speech between Ian and Saladin about what the nature mean? of religion. Uh, so good. Is so remarkable. It's so remarkable for a couple of reasons. In fact I wanna read from part of it if um if you have someone indulging me.
2: And I can find it too. Yeah, because it's
0: just astonishing. One, to speech seven? like this, yeah, at the very beginning that it should be, okay. it's on the uh, second page of Chapter 7, that, one, that it's appearing in a mass market book aimed at children in 1965, which is a time that you, you would expect quite a bit of lip service to the idea of treating everyone as equals. Yeah. But it's particularly striking to read it in 2017, where where so many people would disagree with it even more, yeah. but from the uh, direction of Islamophobia. And two... Whitaker's assertion that everyone all over the world believes in someone, something greater than himself. Yeah, like the No Atheists in 1965. It's, here it is. And this is Saladin talking. Uh, But of course you are a Christian and my words mean nothing to you because he's just said the will of Allah. And Ian says, on the contrary, your highness, if you will forgive my contradicting you, The names and the phrases differ, but the purpose is the same in all races of intellect and culture. You say the will of Allah, where we would say the hand of God. I see you've made some study of the subject, young man," murmured Saladin, approvingly, but surely the conflict still remains. The gulf between our separate faiths is too wide to be bridged by such a simple explanation. And Ian replies, I have a friend, a very wise, well-traveled man, who spoke to me on the subject of religions once. In the West, three main streams dominate. Mohammedanism. I assume that's Islam. (laughs) (laughs) Mohammedanism, yeah. Uh, Mohammedanism. Judaism and Christianity. In the East, the Hindu, the Buddhist, and the Muslim rival Jainism. Jainism, actually. Sikhism, Parsi, and Shinto. But where is the subtotal? That all people everywhere believe there is something mightier than themselves. Call it Brahma, Allah, or God. Only the name changes. The little Negro child will say his prayers and imagine his God to be in his color. The French child hopes his prayers will be answered. In French, we are all children in this matter still, and will always be until colors, languages, customs, rule, and fashion find a meeting ground. Then why do we fight? Throw away life, mask masquer- great continents of men, and struggle for opposing beliefs. Neither could provide an answer, so Ian took his leave as decently as he could. It's like, holy... Yeah. The historical novels, the historical stories rather, in Doctor Who, were meant to be educational in nature. Mm-hmm. The speech does not occur in the televised version, and yet I think it probably would have done so much more to educate the youth of Britain than just about anything in that sorry piece of televised historical fiction that we actually got. It's That astounds me. And I think that speech probably makes me forgive Whitaker any number of lashings or rapings or, you know, fix me some eggs, bitch, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the classic dilemma, right? Things that are old are embarrassing <laughs> because they have uh, are are old kind of foibles and no. things. Um, but, no, yeah, nothing is stopping this from being well-written and having a lot of nice things as well. So you sort of take them together yeah. i like i always watch um holiday inn every christmas Aww. with you know um bing and and fred astaire yeah. and it's got that unfortunate blackface scene uh yes, and i've had you know people say oh i won't watch that because of this scene and i'm like eh, you know like in in my opinion you can still enjoy it you can still enjoy the songs, I mean, the, the classic White Christmas song yeah. um, from this yeah. movie, actually, not actually from White Christmas, which would be years later, right. and really hilarious, other fun things. Fred Astaire doing, like, a drunk dance uh, <laughs> yeah. that... Um, and of course, this is an argument you could talk about with Polanski, with Woody Allen, with all these other kinds of things. Yeah, the person, um, yeah, so there's.
1: I just uh, I just saw an article the other day. Whoopi Goldberg was announced as a Disney Legend or something mm. of that oh, yeah. esteem, and uh, one of the first things she talked about was Disney uh, owning up to their history of uh, with Song of the South, oh, which yeah. is something they had very much repressed and. It's not available in the that's United true. States, and she says it's part of your history, it's a part of our history. Yes, it sucks, yes it's racist, but this is what we've gone through, we can't erase that. Mm-hmm. You can't ignore that, you can't act like that wasn't there, and mm-hmm. it wasn't a part of the culture, and it wasn't an important part of our
0: history. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, it's especially problematic for those of us who actually grew up with it, with an active memory of it. Yeah. I'm sure neither of you have ever seen the movie. Not completely. And, and no. that's fine, because it's a boring movie. But I also have a record album of all the songs from yeah. it. Yeah, zippity Doodah. I of the, adore that song.
1: One of the most ubiquitous Disney songs yes. is from this movie.
0: It's basically a slayback. Okay.
1: And mm. Splash Mountain, mm. when you think of Disney World, Disneyland, Splash Mountain is one of the rides that people think about. Yeah, It is oh. based off of characters from Song of the South. Yes,
2: okay, I see.
1: And, yeah. mm. and so they she she came out and was like, you can't ignore this. It's important.
0: Which is why seeing that that speech yeah. in this book is like, it's both heartening, but also yeah. you get those little bits and you're like, oh gosh, it had to be in this story. right? And yet it's arguing <laughs> against Islamophobia. And no. It's arguing against religious intolerance, but it's not yeah. doing a damn thing for gender relations <laughs> at all. Well,
2: things move slowly, right? right. So yeah. It's small moves that we can have this great speech, but we're still going to treat here like the stereotypical villain. We're still gonna have Ibrahim, who's the stereotypical wily Arab. Oh, yes! he's so wily. Yeah. Um, you know that we we can't have it all. I mean, I guess yeah. it is 1965.
0: <laughs> but it is lovely to get Ibrahim because that character is hilarious.
2: Yeah, it, it was funny. I don't know, yeah. It was kind of funny, despite myself. It's like I, I shouldn't be laughing at this characterization, but I'll I'll laugh. Uh, mm. And yeah, no, we we can take the the good when we appreciate it. Mm.
0: Speaking of the good that prologue we haven't talked about it yet we probably should have started there but obviously that scene does not happen the televised version opens literally with the TARDIS materializing in the woods and mm-hmm. they're just thrown right into it and off they go running with occasional scenes by no less than Julian fucking Glover as King Richard and you're both looking at me blankly <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. i don't know if either of you is... watches Game of Thrones no no Okay, those of you at home, the name sounds familiar. Um, not, Master, like... Pacell, I have Google. I think was his name oh, I don't that it that show? Though. He's not on there anymore, but he was a main character on that show for the first five seasons, I believe, and he was the original Pink Panther. Oh, yeah, the the, the actual jewel thief. Okay, who played Pink Panther. He's also been late, was later in Doctor Who in the mm-hmm. Douglas Adams written oh, uh, story, okay. and he's brilliant. But he is the king. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. yes, I recognize yeah. him. Can I see? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh, and also he was in. Oh, I'm so close to the mic. Also, he was in Star Wars, apparently. Oh, that's, oh, that's right, yeah. he was. Fascinating. All right.
0: I forgot all about that. Well, that's cool. right. That's right. And of course, you've got him and his sister's playing bu- played by Gene Marsh. And, um, the actor playing Saladin, and I can't remember his name either, but he's also a very well-known actor, mm. you're like, oh my god, you've got the star power for this basic damsel in distress story, mm. where the Crusades are in the background. Now, remember I was talking about my theory about this story. Mm. I think Whitaker sets it up in the prologue. Mm. In that wonderful prologue where he says, well, of uh, Ian saying, well, why can't we change history? And if, and <laughs> You feel like saying, well, do you remember when we visited the Aztecs again? Obviously you don't, though Whitaker doesn't because he doesn't mention them. But we can't change the history of Earth, and his explanation for why is kind of odd.
2: Do you remember what that explanation is? It's... (laughs) I was a little confused by it. It, it I, I didn't kind of... By it, frankly. I don't know. Yeah. Something about the fact that they're from Earth and therefore they're already in its time and yes. they can't, therefore, change the time. Yeah. Um, but I was like, well, okay. That's what it um, comes down okay. to. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can't change your own history.
0: Right. And I think that this is at a time when Whitaker and all the other writers on Doctor Who still thought of him possibly as being from Earth, mm-hmm. and from the future. That's what the movies do. He's an Earth inventor. Um, it's interesting. That he gives us that alternate take, and then this lovely scene where they're just hanging out in the TARDIS, in the control room, they're sitting on the couch, they're playing chess or whatever it is, Martian chess because Martian it's always chess. Martian chess.
1: Uh, which that was also another like tie-in and like setup to the marriage. The way that oh, yeah. Barbara ends up losing the game is one of her, one of her. Generals or something doesn't end up getting to marry mm. the correct player in the game. Yes. Okay. There
0: That's we go. Nice. nice. I just thought of so. that. I didn't even catch that. That's foreshadowing. Yeah, How catch. many writers have we read so far who have even bothered with short foreshadowing? Not very None many. Of them. No. None of them. It's ridiculous. Except for Whitaker in his Dalek yeah. book. He doesn't. Um, and then he says the Doctor lists some events that happen and he mentions the assassination of Hitler. The Titanic going down, Pompeii, and the assassination of Kennedy. Yeah. On screen, three of those events will be explained in Doctor Who's history eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: Which guessing nice. the thing that wasn't explained was Kennedy. No. Oh. But there are two
0: reasons for that. One, Doctor Who premiered on November 23rd, 1963. Hmm. You remember when Kennedy was assassinated? Not the month. November 22nd. Whoa! They had to rerun the first episode the following Saturday because all the news coverage caused people to miss it. Hmm. So Doctor Who and Kennedy have always been inextricably linked. Weird! Yeah, it's it's quite odd. Um, And the books have kind of involved the Doctor in that, but not directly. Hmm. But there's something really astonishing here that Whitaker is willing to tackle the tragedy of the assassination of Kennedy which happened just two years previously. That would be like a writer, say, in 2003, talking about 9-11 as being a fixed point in time, which we can't go back and change even if we have a time machine. And they're mm-hmm. like, whoa! Whoa! That's... yeah. I have a feeling it probably wasn't as controversial at the time, but I have a feeling that something like that would have been controversial mm-hmm. in 2003. But he does this, and then he sets up this even-handed view of the Crusade, saying you have two men, never women, sadly, two men who think that they're right, and they're going to war for what they believe is right. And the Doctor says, I'd like us to get into a situation where we're in, we're in that situation just so we can see whether or not we can change anything. And of course they don't. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as if Whitaker sets up that thesis, and then by the end of it he says, "See." Their story, and you said it earlier, their story has nothing to do with the Crusades. Yeah. If anything, the Crusaders in this story are Ian trying to save Barbara and the Doctor trying to save his companions. Yeah. And that's it.
2: Okay, so you're making the argument that the narrative actually does close, because the real question wasn't what was going to happen with these two dudes. It was, can we affect a, a time that's outside of our... Our particular time. Yes, because and the yeah. answer was no. Yeah,
0: and <laughs> I believe that because if you look at the very end of the book, Whitaker moves a key speech to the end of the book. Um, when the doctor and Vicky are talking about Richard's inability to take Jerusalem, and they're talking about this is what's going to happen to him at seven Yeah, that closes the book, and it's a lovely closing. Mm-hmm. The doctor gives that speech at the end of episode two, if I recall or episode three. And I think it's episode three. It doesn't happen at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of rushed. They're trying to leave Jaffa or <coughs> wherever they're, they're at. And, and Vicki says, oh, but we never, he never ends up getting Jerusalem, does he? And the Doctor says, no. And that's a question that history's winners offer us. My child, let's get going, because our own asses are in danger. Mm-hmm. But here, it's reflective at the end, and it's almost like Whitaker is closing the circle and saying, see? We went into history, history went on on its own course, we got into our own mess. (laughs) Boy, did we get into a mess! Mm -hmm. And now, history has not been changed. Mm -hmm. Even Ian's involvement is explained away.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there was, and I remember there was a part at the beginning, too, when we first meet uh, the king where there's, like, an aside or something where it's even said, like, he will die in six years.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: It's yeah. the very beginning of the book. Like, you yeah. already know that,
0: like... Is it one of the, the regulars who says that?
1: No. I think it, it's it's used as, like... It's not a... It's not a, somewhat a character saying. It's, it's not a
0: character saying. No. Oh, it's the actual... The writer. Oh, yes. that's right. It's the writer saying. You're absolutely I can't right. remember what page it's on. Let me see if I can find it. Oh. Um, uh, it's Whitaker doing that sort of foreshadowing, knowing that, um his audience is going to know the history, yeah. which it's I recall being a problem when we read uh, Reign of Terror because the audience knew more French history than we did. Hmm. And luckily the writer put it back in so that we had it.
1: Yeah. I don't remember where it's at, but it's there. It, it's mentioned, like, kind of, that he will die soon anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And it, that it mentions, like, he never makes his way back to England. Even though he he only lived there for 18 months or something like that, while he ruled, the rest of his time spent as king was spent on the Crusades. Right. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. And Whitaker it's little touches like that, Yeah. We don't get those, except, well, we got them with Ian Martyr, to yeah. some degree, not to the same degree. Um, yeah, though Whitaker is actually, dare I say this, and I'm sorry, listeners, because I may be pissing off somebody, I'm sure. Whitaker is a better writer than Martyr. Much more. Yeah, I'm seeing General. I'm seeing Dalton Naughty anyway, and. Jenny I does not know. know she has a Eventually, but, you might. You may. Maybe in about five years' time, you might. <laughs> if you're still with us. If I'm still around <laughs> by that point, because this is a long ass project we've taken up. Sheherazadian, as it may be. Um, yeah. Anyway. Let's do what we always do. <laughs> Pass the ball. No, no, no. Let's do the thing <laughs> that we always do. As we always do. You to take read that the right world. off, did not you? Huh? Trying to take over the world? Yes. The same thing we always do, Pinky. I can't do that <laughs> voice anymore. I used to be able to do him perfectly. Oh, and there's another really weird thing. There's no direct lead into the next story as there is on screen, which is going to be a problem because when we read the next book, the three of us—we will find that they make direct references to the clothes that they're wearing. Oh. Yeah, and you kind of need that lead, and otherwise it's going to be kind of eh, confusing. Just a little bit. <laughs> so, as we always do. Let's go to Goodreads.com for online reviews of the book written by other readers and follow up with our own ratings. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to have your review featured when we get to an upcoming book, simply read the book, write a review on Goodreads, and then write a comment somewhere so that we have a chance to see it before discussing the books ourselves, and we will still read your review out loud. You won't get a free book out of it anymore. But <laughs> we may still read, yeah. We tried. You're going to have to pay us first. All right, the average rating... God, that's awful. i turned this into such a mercenary. The average rating for this story, of this book, I should say, out of five stars is 3.27, which is slightly lower than the Zarbi. Which is sad. Isn't it? Really? It yeah. really is, because the Zarby, we, we panned it. We hated it.
2: Yeah, you make it sound like that's really terrible. It, yeah, it is. It's
0: just kind of me. Yeah, it, it's surprising that that's a very mid range score. I mean, hmm. basically, I've noticed this about Goodreads good before I get into the reviews. It tends to do the same thing that IMDb does. Newer stuff gets really high ratings, everything else starts drifting towards the 7 range.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's, this is a mid range. Michael, whom we've heard from before, gave it four stars, saying, "...in the early development of the world's longest-running sci-fi TV series, the producers set out to educate as well as entertain, so every so often the monsters and alien planets made way for a purely Terran historic story that usually involved the Doctor and crew getting separated from the TARDIS early on, followed by a tricky entanglement in established history. The BBC excelled at this sort of thing. Unfortunately, most kids preferred the Weird World's Ray Guns and Daleks to Marco Polo the Aztec's and massacred Huguenots." We'll be getting that later, by the way. Mm. Lots of dead Huguenots.
2: What what are nots?
0: Huguenots.
2: Huguenots.
0: Huguenots. Huguenots. They're French. The French oh. Catholics.
2: V- they're called Huguenots. Huguenots. Or were mm-hmm. they Protestant?
0: Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Who who remembers? They're all dead anyway. But we'll get there.
2: Oh, okay.
0: As opposed to Husenots. Schooling was for weekdays, Saturdays were for dreaming. I'll admit I didn't see the original broadcast of the Crusade, but I did have problems as an eight or nine year old with David Whitaker's novelization of his own script. I made several attempts to start this one before abandoning it, but eventually I persevered. Me too. Got into it, and indeed enjoyed it. Perhaps it was the weighty prologue that balked me. I don't know. Most likely, it, it is that it was just slightly ahead of my ears. Even today, the long conversation the doctor has trying to get to grips with the immutability of time is still pretty hard going, and a little confusing with its rock climbing analogies accompanied by Clive of India, Rasputin, Kennedy, Lincoln, Lincoln was in there, yeah, mm-hmm. Hitler and Napoleon. I'm still confused how it all ties in with uh, how certain earth history can't be changed due to what is right and wrong. And how it all ties with wondering what would happen in the situation where two historic figures opposed each other both for their own right reasons. Yeah, I get that. Andrew also gives it four, and he says, To be really honest, it's a story about Ian and Barbara. The doctor and Vicky appear at the start and at the end. We didn't even talk about Vicki. Again. And again, the world well, of there is a What is there to
2: say? I There's mean, say. She's, she's a page boy. She's an accessory who yes. complains about her clothes. That's pretty yeah. much it. Exactly. And Sorry, Vicky. This, like, he... this is like, what, her fourth book that we read
0: with her? Fourth, yeah. yeah,
2: The Rescue,
0: The Romans, The Zarvi. Yeah, this is book four and we still just don't have much characterization. That's gonna change next book, but I'm sorry, it changes for the worse. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I at least it's it. something. So, it's nothing like poisoning the well for you ahead of reading.
1: Cool. I mean, no problems. Like I said last time, she's just amounting to another Susan at
0: this point. She so really is. I'm the like... story does suggest well, they're in love.
2: There's supposed to be some sort of thing about, like, oh, the doctor <laughs> was so sad that it was Susan used to sit there. I'm like, does yeah. he give a shit? Like, it's just another filler some like young women of indeterminable like age yeah. or origin because they keep referring to them as the girls. so like, the girls they are really sitting on deal. the couch, smiling happily, which I'm like, okay, that's like the one bad line in this oh, book. Because yeah. how can you do anything other than smile happily? I mean, because you can smile like maniacally or something. But yeah. It's one of those things. Well, it's it's like, like the British sayings. Uh, someone has
0: sadly passed away. It's like, I doubt they were <laughs> happy when they passed away. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, the other
2: one I'm was when the bad. two sisters fell tenderly into each other's arms. I don't know how you fall tenderly. <laughs> well, like, it's, you're, if you you're fall you're into each arms, <laughs> you may actually I, each other I, yeah, I, I mean, maybe lovers can do that, but they're sisters and so getting into another <laughs> whole thing. Um, anyway, I didn't mean to, to derail Goodreads that's time. That's fine. I'm that's fine. But Andrew basically adverse. says,
0: and, and I'm sorry, it, it may have sounded like I said the Doctor and Vicki are in love. No, I meant Ian and Barbara. Um, <laughs> Who? <laughs> the story does suggest they're in love in a way the TV show never did. Although reading between the lines, the actress have thought it ought to go that way. No, they did not. No, they didn't. William Russell's gone on record as saying they were just good friends, uh, but the subtext was always there. This is definitely one of the better books in the range of novelizations. A shame David Whitaker only wrote a couple. It would have been nice to see more from him. Here's the thing about David Whitaker, and I forgot to mention this. Um, he wrote the Daleks comic strip in the 1960s. Hmm. And that's one of the reasons why the Daleks comic strip is probably one of the best comic strips ever to come out of uh, Doctor Who Fandom. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's got that 60s thing to it. He wrote two later Dalek stories, uh, Power and Evil, and he's the only, I think he's the only writer who's ever truly gotten the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Terry Nation doesn't do it. Whitaker understands Daleks, and I wish he'd done more of it. Um, Mandy, however... Only gave it one star. Mandy was not a fan. Yeah, she said, Beautifully written, tremendously boring. Sorry. <laughs> I skipped great passages, marveling, marveling at how well written the introduction and the ending were, but despairing at how pointlessly interminable the rest of it was. Reading others' opinions, it appears I'm in something of a minority. Yes, you are.
2: I mean, I get what she's saying, but I think there's some really strong writing in the beginning, yeah. okay. and then it just is like, okay, I'm prose, now I'm going to be telling the story. And if she wasn't particularly enthralled by the story, then yeah, it would maybe sound like that. How would um, you feel? Oh, um, I guess I, you know, in, in talking about it, I, I don't know, I'd probably go along with whatever the the consensus was on Goodreads and do like a solid 3.5, you know, okay. gi- giving it that much for the strength of the story, the strength of the prose. Um and maybe deducting it for the the lack of imagination when it came to the narrative not even the 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 knocks that our our minorities receive but just it, it could have been more cool i think it, it yeah. could have been uh, that's true what about you dalton
1: i um i earlier was thinking about a Four, 4, 4 mm. out of five because yeah i like i really like the, the the pros i liked some of the characterizations, even of the minor characters, people that got killed off.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, they got all this backstory. They, they really were, like, kind of fleshed out.
2: Yeah, like the, uh, the guy with the gloves. Fred Fargio yes. uh, or whoever. Yes. And he, he, he Good. does
0: not die on screen. Mm. He gets away scot-free.
1: Yeah. Um... And something else I was thinking about that I, I meant to talk about earlier, but I'm just going to end with it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the part with uh, Harun and uh, Barbara where, yes, it's annoying that he tells them to kill himself, but in the end, <laughs> what it amounts to is basically her, him knighting her in a way mm. as an assassin.
2: Yes. Uh-huh. So you mm.
1: have that like dichotomy with Ian being knighted by the king and mm. Barbara being like inducted into this assassin's guild. Yeah. Of, That's an interesting in idea. In fact, I
0: thought one chapter read, like, a particularly interesting mission in Assassin's Creed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It really... that The whole time, that that really is, like, where a lot of my knowledge of the Crusades comes from, even though I have studied ah. a little bit of yeah. history. But video games do teach you things sometimes. They do. Um, yeah, that's where a, a lot of the, the violence I'm feeling. It's like, well, it really was a violent time. People mm-hmm. were killing each other in the streets. And,
2: and no um, one had any salve. No. No salve. <laughs> so.
1: so, um... Yeah! I just, I really enjoyed all, this book.
0: So, yeah, so how many four, stars? Four, four, four? Four, four. Wow, okay, that might be the highest I think you've given something. Isn't Probably, yeah. I'm I mean, usually so. kind of middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be high for me too, because I believe um, Doctor Who and an Exciting Adventure with the Daleks also by Whitaker, I think I gave that one the full five. Ooh, That's the, I gave it a perfect score. I was like this is what every Doctor Who novelization should read like this comes damn close. Mm. And the only things that keep it from being a full five for me are, it's a historical, don't like histories, um, and the fact that it does, uh, it was always going to be a damsel in distress story, but it just kind of amplifies that to such a degree, and I think even though narratively it's satisfying for Barbara to be whipped at the end, Ah, uh, I just can't stand the fact that she's being whipped at the end. It's like, oh my god! But I give him props for writing beautiful prose. I mean, this book is just a joy to read, and the fact I started it early mm. because I was like, oh, it's a historical. It's going to take me a while longer to get through this. No, it was a breeze. And I was like, and by the end of it, I was like, God, it's over with already. It's such a shame. Yeah. Um. And it's incredibly progressive in its attitudes from 1965. It's just beautiful that you get that speech by Ian, that you get even a mention of Negro characters Mm. in the Doctor Who novelization from the 1960s. It's just astonishing. And I really, really wish that David Whitaker had survived long enough to do more of these. I really do. So I give it a 4.5. Nice. So, Well, thank you guys.
2: Thank you. Mm -hmm. And
0: thank you, fellow time travelers, for giving us your valuable time. Next time we read the Space Museum, and all I can do is quote the Tenth Doctor and say, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm really, uh, really sorry. uh, Is it it that bad, though? Oh, God. Is it that? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Uh, In the meantime, If you've liked what you've heard here, like us on Facebook at Doctor Who Target Book Club Podcast. All one word of those spaces. You can also visit our subreddit, which is still pristine at www.reddit.com forward slash r forward slash dwtargetvc also feel free to watch our videos even though we're not making them anymore and give us a thumbs up or comment on youtube at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash emperor dalek forward slash videos follow us on twitter we're at dwtargetvc or subscribe to us via the podcast provider of your choice we are on deep breath iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and soon, not intermittently, on Podbean. If all else fails, email us at dwtargetbc at gmail.com, and if you would like to support us, you can become a patron now, and we'd welcome your support at www.patreon.com forward slash dwtargetbc. You can get free books, BBC books, not those Target books because we know you all have them, you will get shout-outs on the program, at the end of the program, from us, because we'll eventually start having to read lists of names on the program and thanking them. I hope you guys don't mind, I've uh, included you in this. And we will have... I know, I didn't click to <laughs> And
2: uh, we will
0: have... We'll be signing cards for you, for whoever is here. Uh, remind me, before we're done, and we'll send this card around for our first patron... Bart Lammy, thank you so much. I hope I'm not mixing up your name. If you follow Time travelers want to support us, please, please visit that page. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy your travels. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. to sign the card. Of course. Yes. All right. Um, I'm going to write up here. Let me put my signature down below. All right. And we'll let you sign wherever you want to sign. Actually anywhere below down there. Okay. Or off to the side if you choose. Okay. Let me stop this.